What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
Bonjour. Hi, baby. Hello, my love. Uh, ready to talk about sex and a bunch of other stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. How are you? Um. Okay, hang on one second. Um. I want to be honest with you when I answer. With that. me or with the listener? With with you and with the listeners. Okay. I want to be. I'm only really talking to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we're never we're never really truly honest with the listeners. No, <laughs> this is all a performance. It's all a sham. Um, <clears throat> how am I? I'm good. You know what? I was actually kind of nervous to record today. Like I, yeah. I like like 30 minutes ago, I was feeling butterflies in my stomach. Like we we're like live show quality butterflies. <laughs> well, can can I just say? Can I can I um, can I start this with something? Um, uh, so obviously there's a lot of people who, who, excuse me, it's burped. It's fucking <laughs> bubbly, man. Bubbly water. I, it's so, it's so yummy, but it is, it is so, it makes me burp so much. I shouldn't be drinking it while we record. No. Um, so there's a lot of people that tune into the podcast weekly and they expect the podcast to drop every Wednesday, every hump day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, last week there was no episode and, uh, and I, I, pro- I probably should have did, 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 did something to like, you know, even put something on our social media, but I really just wasn't, I just really didn't, uh, I just needed to like get away from everything, I think. And, uh, so I didn't, but the reason why we, we, did not put it up an episode last week was because your father passed away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so we'll start with that. Okay. So I just want the listeners to know that happened mm-hmm. and we're probably going to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. That's a good, you know what? That's, thank you for saying that because I was thinking about, I was knowing we were going to have a conversation about it that, that would, you know, be on the podcast and, um, and actually I, I'm, I think that's really great because, you know, I came to PEI a couple of months ago with recording gear so that we could still do our thing. And while I had it, I did a bunch of recording of, of my dad and I have no real like idea of what I'm going to make with what I captured because it's not necessarily like interviews or him telling stories it's all these different like clips and um and I think it's it's you know I'm feeling really um inspired to to make something with everything because I've also been writing um you know I've also got like all of these random um pieces of paper and bits of writing and like all of just like the scrapbook worthy uh, stuff. And, you know, my grandmother always scrapbooked for me and uh, my life. And I just, I just, I feel like there's going to be some processing that I do that will be in like scrapbooking form or like audio scrapbooking in a way. Um, so, but when I was, when I was knowing we were going to be talking about this, I was like, Oh God, this is like anybody who's new to the podcast and is like, where's the sexy time conversation? Um, yeah, that's like a bit of a different tone, I suppose. But not really. I mean, we're definitely going to talk about sexy times stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I'm good. But also, there's other, there's other shit happening as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, 2020 mm-hmm. is fucking crazy, eh? Mm-hmm. Just like, just bonkers. It's just a bonkers It time. just keeps getting stranger and stranger and stranger. <laughs> and, it really does. And there's this like, there's <laughs> just this feeling right now here in Atlanta, Canada anyway, of... L- you know, in conflict over going back to work, like the phasing back in of um, like the old, I don't know. I, I, it feels like the phasing in of the old ways because um, they, I like, I think the we're going to try to match old. the, yeah, the, of the before time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just so desperately want people to remember that, there's still much to prepare for. In what sense? In like, there, you know, this like second wave, you yeah, know, yeah, right, that right. all that kind of stuff. Like, like people, people being like, oh, okay, like great, and and we're going back to normal, and like not not remembering things like that that they may have like learned about themselves in within in the, last the process couple of this. Yeah. 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 Like relationships kind of falling by the wayside. Mm. You know? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed relationships falling by the wayside during this? Because no. I'm, I'm, I'm noticing the opposite. I'm noticing the opposite. Oh, I see what you mean. I see yeah. what you mean. Once we go back to normal, the old ways, quote unquote. Yeah. Then, then potentially seeing a bunch of these, these relationships that have, have been rekindled or... or started anew or or what have you kind of falling by the wayside because we we then are we've we've then fallen back into our we don't have the time yeah exactly our our busyness our schedule that yeah yeah Yeah, i mean i i think that that's i i don't think that that's a universal thing across the board but i definitely i feel as though a lot of the people that i've been speaking with and and spending my time with um, uh, while I'm locked up here are are having that same kind of experience of of feeling more socially connected than ever, mm-hmm. and and I think I think there I think there's a lot of like I think people are really enjoying that part of this you know yeah. at least the people that I'm talking to, um, but yeah you're right I wonder. I would hope. I would hope not. I would hope that people go into like back to normal life, holding on to a sense of what, the, yeah, of what they've like gained out of all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think about that. I think about that a lot. Because I feel like I, I feel like I'm trying not to make any like major life decisions in this time because everything is everything is, you know, all up in the air. But at the same time, my imagination has never been so enticed by the, like, what could it be question? Like, if, 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 the, if you rebuild your life um, knowing what you know now, what could, like, what could that look like? Like, I I don't know how else to put it than 
than that. I think I brought this up in another episode, but Tara had this metaphor of like when when it's all like crumbled, when like the whole thing's crumbled, mm. what what sprouts, like what grows from the rubble and the wreckage. And uh and I've been feeling like actually quite inspired. Like quite inspired. Mm-hmm. And my dad was really positive about what's happening right now and the potential positive changes it could it could have in the world. So that was, you know, really nice to to hear him say that as somebody who's not gonna be a part of it, knowing he's not mm. gonna be a part of it, you know? Because obviously my dad was sick, so he, he didn't have any like uh, he didn't have any like weird rapture um, theories or anything behind it. Uh, no, because I know your dad's like your dad was a he, he was a man of God mm-hmm. and he liked the Bible and and he was also he also liked to you know like he liked to like go off on these um just like man he'd go off on these tangents and I'm like is he is he reciting like an old play or is mm. he just, is he just improving right now? Cause your dad's very much, your dad was such a, he's such an actor. A he's performer. such a performer. He's such yeah. a performer. And like he would, he would bust out into monologues, like just, just cause. Yeah. Just cause someone's around. Yeah. And so I was wondering when all this was going down, I was like, I wonder if Bill's just like, if he's, if he's like got some vibe that like, you know, like, the rapture's here, you know, no. and like the Lord's coming down to take us all up. No, no, neither him. I never heard that conversation happening mm. between my mom and, and dad. And, mm. and they, you know, I'm sure my mom has thought about it. I'm sure my mom has wondered about that. But right. no, I think watching my dad come to terms with what was going on was actually very sweet. It was kind of like, first it was like, I don't, I want to, go to the coffee shop though and then like the rest of us and then he couldn't and then it was like this is strange and then I was listening actually to one of my recordings that I made of him um just on my voice memos on my phone and he was saying I think I really I think I really like the telephone he's (laughs) like you can just not answer you can leave a message if they're not there it's a good it's a I like reconnecting with the telephone. Like he spent a lot of time on the phone <laughs> yeah. in the last year. Just like calling people. I have one I have one of him talking to um to another well known like theater person here on Prince Edward Island, basically saying like there should be an award in each of our names. There should be a you know, like a, a Bill McFadden award for um, you know, whatever it is that's considered my greatest talent. And there would be like a, you know, a, an Erskine Smith award. Um, mm. and just like Erskine watching him. Smith like, was your, one of your dad's good friends and good yeah. friends and, and good rivals. Uh, uh oh yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write that <laughs> who, down because uh, that's who died, who died a number of years ago on PEI, big, uh, big part of the, the, uh, theater world there. Yeah. Um, Brad, you were saying, I know that like while this was all happening, I mean, it was really hard for me because I was here and I couldn't be there and I really wanted to be um, here as in, in Halifax our, at our home and uh, you're over there on, on the island. Um, but you were saying that it was like a really, um, it was like a really beautiful death. 
and yeah, like like the entire process of it all. Like, can you can you speak to that a little bit? Because I find that very, I find that very interesting. Um, yeah, I've I've been doing I've been doing these like these talks and 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 these interviews lately virtually for work. And one of the things that has like come that has come up a couple of times um, has been this like discussion uh, surrounding the topic of death, which is, a, you know, a, a big theme in a lot of my speaking engagements and stuff. And uh, there's been a couple of times where like the 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 topic of like of normalizing the conversation surrounding death and how I go about that and and why and yada, yada. And. And I, I'm catching myself answering this question w- with with the the w- um, by talking about how you know I've been spending all this time trying to prepare everyone for my death and normalizing my death, but personally, I've I've always had a really fucking tough time with anybody else's death that isn't my own. So, you know, like when, when my friend Brandon died, just like, um, it's just like when anyone dies who's like remotely close to me, um, it just like seems to really fuck me up and I have a hard time like wrapping my head around it. Um, and you had said something while all of this was happening that I found really interesting and I kind of want to like, I kind of want to hear from you about that because I selfishly like I want to take what you took from this process and like incorporate that into like I want to learn I want to learn what you learned um and I don't remember verbatim what it was that you said but it it was something to the effect of like you know I really wish you were here to witness this because um there was something very profound about your father's death. Um, just the way that it all came to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just curious to know what that was for you. And like, what it, what did you learn from this experience of losing someone, you know, arguably like one of the closest people you you've in your life? Which is something that you're not unfamiliar with. Yeah. Like close loss, you know? The first thing I want to say is I've seen you grieve for people who have passed. And I don't think you have a hard time. I think that you are very moved when that happens. And... You know, I think when you said that, you, you're probably picturing or feeling or remembering like, like crying so hard that you're you're like wailing and you can't get it under control. I think something that I took from this experience was, um, I, whenever, because I, I, I am a crier. I can be a crier and it can be really hard for me to talk about things that are important to me or like when I'm moved, I cry. But I have this previous perception that that not that that wasn't OK, but um, it wasn't something I wanted to do 
in front of people. I didn't want to really feel that feeling because it's it's like, you know, seems inappropriate or or I, I don't even know what it is because I'm not ashamed about crying or feel and nor do I feel that it's weak, but I don't want to necessarily let other people see me in that vulnerable state. Mm. Um, I'd like to cry and wail freely actually and experience Mm -hmm. this, but I feel like I almost have to protect the other person from that. So this time, this time I didn't fight myself on, on the tears ever. And they actually they would come and they would move through me. And I did a lot of moving. I did a lot of like shaking my body, like, you know, in the last, in the last, um, couple weeks, especially of, of his life when he was in the hospital and then in palliative care, it, I was spending a lot of time just like moving it through my body and sometimes making sounds when I cry and all of that kind of stuff. And I found it would just move and then it would end and then life would go on. And, um, you know, and that, that's kind of, that's kind of been happening. Well, that welling up has happened a lot over since his diagnosis at the end of January. Um, and then, and then in the last couple of weeks when I was seeing part of death, cause I saw him every single day that I was here, something like 47 days. And then he went into the hospital and I, and there were five days before I could go into the hospital to see him because of COVID. Um, and then he was allowed one visitor. So, so I was his person. And then, and then, uh, I visited him four days in a row in the hospital before he got moved to palliative. And then he was in palliative for two days, um, and, and passed away. Um, I forget what I was saying. So moving a lot, allowing the emotion to come through. Um, and yeah, in the last couple of weeks, the, as I saw things about death that I've never seen before. Um, like what? This is (laughs) when I first got here, I was like, my dad looks old. (laughs) And then, in the last two weeks, it was like every day, every day I would leave being like, how much closer to death can you look and yeah. still be alive? And, um, yeah, you know, it's pretty my, wild how, how different he looked. Like, I mean, even when I saw him last, which was every day, every day. Yeah. And, you know, like, his, you know, his, his, I think a lot, like I saw a lot of, um, his skeleton, um, which was, you know, just like what it, it was like, 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 you know, our bones are so small. Our bones are so mm. thin. He was mm. so thin and, and just, you know, for the so that everybody listening, you know, knows that my dad was so peaceful about what was happening. He was ready mm-hmm. to go. He felt he believed he was not scared, not once. You know, and, and I'll, I'm actually going to speak about that again in a minute too. But because, um, 
you know, he was going to a good place. So he was, he was really observe, you know, observing. And I have some really funny voicemails saved from him, which is like, I don't know, I, my feet seem fine today. And, and, uh, but I can't stop pooping. Um, you know, like <laughs> just like observing and, and writing notes and, um, but yeah, every day I would come in and he, it was like death came again today and took a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'd read about this, you know, a, a person will stop eating, which he did like two and a half weeks before he died. He's really like just wasn't eating anymore. Um, they may start, um, um, he kept miming that he was taking a drink of water. Like there was nothing in his hands, but he would mime that he was taking his pills and, and swallowing water. And he would be asking me to, to set the glass down. So that's like another telltale sign. And again, that was happening for about two and a half weeks as well. Right around the same time he stopped eating. What do you mean? Like, like miming to signal to like, cause he wasn't communicating or he was just like, he was taking, he literally just thought he was drinking. Mm -hmm. And he was at that, you know, Holy fuck. Yeah. Um, those, that was when like, you know, if he was taking a lot of Dilaudid, um, you know, but that's common. His feet, his feet were, I spent a lot of time, like I gave him foot soaks. I gave him a foot, foot massages in the hospital from laying in the bed after he laid in a bed for a week, his (laughs) heels were all cracked and broken up. And I, I massage his feet and, and put and cream on his feet and, and just like the feet get cold and the feet get sore. That is another sign. Um, and then I watched him respond to me less and less and only respond to the healthcare providers. And then after that, you know, a, a couple of days, a day, the day he moved to palliative, um, they called me in and they thought he was going to die that night. And he was, he was, uh, he woke up and had a full, like reached his arms over his head and like stretched out and like had a full volume conversation and then kind of went to sleep and never really opened his eyes again. And that was, you know, there's, there's those two days where he didn't open his eyes which I had seen too with my grandfather, like very much they're unconscious. But then someone on the, uh, on the morning, so he, he died at noon and on that morning, someone came to the window, someone who hadn't been there and he heard her voice and he started making noise, a little bit of noise. And I could feel him move, like I could feel him move his body, which was like the most he had responded to anything in a day and a half. And you know, I was with him for so much of it. And, you know, I was just making guesses. Like, is it okay if I put music on? This was music he liked at the house. But when he left the house for the hospital, he really left behind. Like, he didn't want to take anything to the hospital. Like, things that I thought were important and, like, meaningful to him. Like, like I don't know, just even his slippers or... Or like a book that he had been reading. And sure enough, he got into the hospital and he never touched a thing in the suitcase. He was really like letting go. I watched him remove a bracelet when I first got here. I was just watching him letting go of his like 
personal effects of his personal belongings. It was just like he was really ready to leave all the earthly stuff behind. And um, once we once he got into palliative and and they were like, he's probably going to pass away tonight. You can have up to five people here that are allowed to come in and, and physically see him. And my brother, who hadn't, who had been, you know, not, he has a family and he hadn't been around. I've been here every day. He all of a sudden showed up and it was basically he and my other brother, another brother and I switching out. Um, I slept there both nights and, um, my brother who was like, just, you know, also emotional, but letting it come move through him and process it and let it happen as it was happening. But we sat there and for the last two days, I mean, this is really stuff I, I are the images that are starting to flood my head now, like that I have are, um, like, (laughs) in the last couple of days, like, knowing that he could still hear and had in a large part chosen not to respond anymore to me anyway. And I, and I felt really good about that. And like, I, I feel really great about that. I was there all the time. And maybe even if I was annoying him sometimes like, I think this is okay. I think dad would like this, you know, and hopefully I wasn't keeping it too heavy in the room. I definitely, I wasn't doing any of my crying and sobbing in there. I was like keeping that out in the kitchen at palliative care. What a fucking special place. The nurses there are just like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. But they're so positive and like, what an incredible place to pass. Um, it, it looked, he called himself Billy more and more and more over the last, like when he was talking to himself and like Hmm. encouraging himself to go easy, go slow, slow down, Billy. It seemed like what he needed was to be coached, like in a very maternal kind of way. Do you think, like, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, uh, I think because of <clears throat> just the timing of, like, um, the timing of a lot of things, you know, that things that I've been uh, watching and things that I've been listening to and uh, your father and things that I've been having conversations about, but I'm thinking a lot more lately than I normally would about what happens after we die. And like, and, um, you know, just like, uh, 
just like existential thoughts of maybe I'm using that word wrong. What does existential mean? Yeah, I think it's like existence. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, like existential thoughts about after we're dead. Yeah. Um, well, and like, have did you th- have that? Has any of what you've experienced, like, have you th- have has has that come up? Have those thoughts come up for you, or um, like life after? What? Where's my dad right now? <laughs> yeah. Not where is your dad right now? I, I mean, sure, if you want to, if if that's if that's what that means to you, um, but like. Yeah, like where's your dad's soul? Where's your dad's? Yeah. Where's the thing that made Billy? <laughs> Billy. <laughs> you know, um, where, where's where's his energy? Where like I mean What I picture Um, is like a diamond that I picture it's very visual to me I pictured I picture just this explosion of light mm-hmm. like I I picture That, like, I don't know, I picture, like, a spark just, this doesn't make any sense, but, like, shattering and becoming, like, atomic and filling up all of the space, like a gas. That makes a thousand percent of sense to me. That's, ha- that is that, that is image. literally that is literally the the it like to a T the experience that I had when I smoked five meo DMT. I think that is why I picture that. I think when you told me the story of what you experienced, um, it brought me a lot of. I remember weeping on the phone when you told me that's that story, and and it comforted me. So it comfort that that image I have, you know, who fucking knows, but that image of 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 what it feels like that liber it feels like liberation. Mm. I I can I can just I don't know when it happens because. I felt that my dad was receding, like he was getting further and further and further away from me. Mm. But I definitely, it was yeah, it was like this crossing. This he was crossing over, and in the, especially in the last couple of days, I was just like. He told me he he was ready to go that time we took him to hosp 
the hospital in Halifax two months ago. He yeah. thought he was going to die that night. And and he wasn't even close based on what I saw, you know, no. and watching him, he's like, oh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And I just, I, 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 when he stopped responding to me, I had this experience of like, okay, dad, I had the same, I said the same thing almost when he left the house for the hospital. Cause I didn't know if I was going to get to see him again. Um, and that was a good day too. Um, of it's all you now like you're this is as far as I can go And today I realized that he asked for watermelon and I never brought it. <laughs> it's like one, one of those waitress nightmares where you're like, wake up in the night and you go, fuck, I forgot. To, the guy wanted a side of watermelon. Um, but yeah, so that's when, that's when I was just like, I, you know, I feel like, you're in there now. You're in there walking through it. Still experiencing it. Letting go and like trying to let go and 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 trying to let go of everything earthly. Mm. Everything about he, being a being a human being. And uh you know, I can tell you my shavasanas have been otherworldly since. Um, but yeah, so just I just you know, it. I didn't know. I, I didn't read about doing this or necessarily even see the nurses doing this. But the things that my brother and I were saying to my dad were very like, "You're doing a great job." Just working hard. And then he wanted a green burial, so we buried him the day after he died, and um, he didn't want to be embalmed or be buried in a casket. So he had put together all these plans um, that then I had to figure out how to execute. And the morning... Uh, in the palliative care room before my dad passed, uh, you know, his breathing had changed again and um, his eyes had changed again. All of a sudden I could see the brown of his eyes again and, you know, um, my brother and I were like, well, maybe we can put all the pieces together in this way and that looks like having a parade a parade of of my dad displayed in his his casket it would be it would have been close he had this handmade handmade casket built um that he had wanted to then um not be buried in so that other people could use it because caskets are expensive mm. and um there's this beautiful piece of art by a local guy costume 
you know, 500 bucks. And anyway, the, uh, turned out all that was illegal. The parade we tried to orchestrate was illegal, but my God, we had so much fun laughing about it in the, in the palliative room. Like we were like, just, you could just hear my dad's voice getting excited about like, yes, and we'll get some flowers from here and we'll tell everybody, let's post it. And so we went into my dad's, my dad's Facebook, which in retrospect, I probably should have warned people that I was, that we were going to do. But my brother wrote this message from my dad's account being like, does Mm -hmm. basically we need a trailer for our parade. And, Mm -hmm. um, my dad was still living at the time, but definitely not Facebooking. And, um, and so we got them, we put them in the, we did as, as, as much to form as we, we could. And it was all very swift and he would have loved it. And then, and then, I zoomed my aunt and my two aunts from the States in to watch the burial where they, they, you know, my brothers, everybody, it's, we didn't fucking rehearse it. And the funeral home director, it was we, really funny, which we had to like, involve. Yeah, we had to I, involve I was, him legally. I was on that, I was on that zoom call. As and well. he was like, he was like, maybe next time you should have a rehearsal. <laughs> but we, so, so I'm on the maybe zoom call and I'm like, I'm like, realizing that I haven't prepared anyone for the fact that mm-hmm. dad is just wrapped in a, like in a shroud. Oh, I, like when he, when he popped up, I was like, holy, holy fuck, Bill's just in that bag. <laughs> yeah, he's, just in, was, he's just in like that This cloth. is how he wanted, this is what he wanted. And then like, and then like that hole was so deep. It was so deep. My brother jumps into the hole. He jumps in like, and like, did they drop him? Like, did no, they, they just handed, the like, they handed it to my brother. To yeah, right. yeah. And I, and I was like, you know, we're social I mean, I was distancing. Watching it. I was literally watching it going, Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. This is happening. Like it, it was so, uh, it was very jarring, but like, but also kind of beautiful, you know, like, and also I was laugh. I was laughing cause I was like, I'm at a, I'm on a, I'm on a fucking zoom funeral. Yeah. I'm zooming a funeral. This is fun. Like this is the fucking time we live in. Well, I mean, it's so, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. And I'm so, and then for the whole next day I was like, Biting my nails, being like, I shocked everybody. I shocked everyone in my family. And it was just like, <laughs> it was, they hadn't been with me for the journey so far. Yeah, so I was yeah, like, yeah. guys, this is fine. Will's going to catch the body and we'll just, you know, <laughs> we don't have the fancy elevator thing. Oh, um, and w- when Will's like, oh yeah, I'll just get in the hole and you can hand him to me. I was like, okay, great. That's yeah, a, dude, that's so <laughs> funny because my whole the whole time in my head I was like, "Whoa!" Like, I was I was thinking about the elevator thing, and I was like, "What?" I guess, wow, wow, we created that because of like to make the, like I I had this whole thing of going, "Holy shit!" I'm just like learning that there's all these things that go into funerals for like the, the for like the the show of of like dignity to. Yeah to the dead, like uh, where there, there was none of that here. And I was like, well, oh, this is like run and gun fucking <laughs> like, it's just a couple of fucking dudes with boots on. <laughs> like <laughs> it was so hardcore. It was so hardcore. And then like, and all of us like family members, like in our, in our living rooms or like in our work offices, just watching on the screen. I'm like, this is kind of, this is kind of gnarly. Like <laughs> it's really fucking metal. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty metal. 
Yeah. It was pretty metal. I put I had to put um I had to put a pillowcase um over my dad's feet when we transferred him from the casket to this tray that they wanted to ca- Oh my god, you would have laughed so hard. So the funeral director was like not impressed with us at all. In the morning of the the burial when we were getting him from the church, he was like, "Are we? Are is he being buried in the casket or on the or or not?" And I was like, "Well, I haven't had a chance to talk to my brothers about it." He was like, "You need to talk to them about it right now." And so I, they pulled them out of the the chapel, and and Will and Eli and I stood there and had like a, a very like urgent conversation about what we were going to do because right. you know Will and I had been in all these conversations about what was legal and Eli wanted to respect dad's wishes and he wanted other people to be able to use this casket which is fucking illegal which is stupid anyway so just because your dad laid in it but wasn't buried in it yeah you cannot reuse a casket that's what they said but you can it, fucking no, rent no, a no, casket no. That, no 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 yeah that's you know what that is I almost I almost fucking guarantee you I almost fucking guarantee you, because we've gone over this on fucking Sick Boy, that's that's funeral home bullshittery. Okay, but we Fu- couldn't no, funer- get my funeral dad's... Funeral homes do good work, but also yeah. funeral homes are fucking... Making money. Scam artists. Yeah. Like, they are, they're also, they are also part-time scam artists. So yeah. There's a well, bunch of shit that you'll be told is illegal yeah. when it most certainly is not. Yeah. And they're going to they're gonna use the word illegal... When yeah. it's fully fucking legal, but anyway, we needed whatever. them we don't need to, to approve that. of our plans before the palliative center would release his body right. to us. And right. anyway, anyway, um, <laughs> we tried to we tried to do it without the funeral home. But then, but then, yeah. So then, when <laughs> when he made that comment, I swear to God, I heard it. Maybe he didn't, but I swear to God, I heard him say, "Next time we should we should have a rehearsal." Um, he picked up the tray that we had carried, it's called a tray, that we had carried dad from the hearse to the gravesite in. And Will was like, can that be used for another body? And <laughs> Al, uh, I won't say, I won't say it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could see your brother saying that that way oh, too. Oh, he was Dude, not. He's, he I is, asked he's him. He's one of my favorite people to, to watch. He's so, he's so smart and so witty. Yeah. And also so like no bullshit. Yeah. You oh, know what Todd funny. Todd Todd was like <laughs> Your brother's got a similar sort of thing as a like like tone as a Louis CK and I was like I've always thought that. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. He's uh he was a blast to have around in the couple of days emotional, but we had a lot of really good laughs and uh and it was good. It was really good to connect with my brothers in that Ooh. way and um you know, just like all my siblings have such a different relationship with my dad and, you know, I only have mine and I, I don't know. I think, I think a really lovely thing about death is it can, it can bring people together. Um, and it certainly, certainly has. And it, and you know, just so wild that, that my mom ended up taking him in my dad, you know, for the last bit and, he was so appreciative and he would just be like, I can't believe that. You know what I just realized actually over the weekend? What? I am 36 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm the same age my dad was when I was born. Whoa. That's poetic. Yeah. I'm exactly Ooh. half his age. He died at 72. Crazy. I know. And it's it's wild because 
you know, I've been hearing more and more and more stories about that time, you know, before I was born and like in the early years of my life and shit, I had no idea about. So dude, dude, you're fuck man, your parents back in those days. Mm. My dad had corn when he was 22. I, I, I visualize their lives as, uh, as like a, as like a link letter film, you know, like I, I, it like when I watch dazed and confused and like the, the, the romanticism of that, like time period in that film, that's to me is like thinking about, or like when you watch like videos of like Woodstock, you know, and, and just like, just like the, the, like the crazy free love, like that, that, that whole vibe like that just, I, I just, uh, your parents lived such a interesting life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the kinds of friendship that I see between them mm. is really, has been really profound. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, I can't. Did you ever get the, did you ever get the background on the, on his, on his nickname? Izzard, Izzard Goat. Is there goat? Like where that came from or how? No. I mean, Izzard is his father's name. Mm-hmm. Reverend Goat, I'm not sure. But I, I'm going to find out. I'm, I'm conducting a series of interviews with people that were Izzard close to Reverend him. Goat. Reverend Izzard Goat. Reverend Izzard Goat. Yeah. I found a what? business card in his wallet that says that. That's all. <laughs> really? Says. Yeah. It's I such found a some badass. Really it's such a badass title yeah i asked him it was one of the last things i asked him uh, i realized we didn't talk about what to put on a stone for him and i and he wasn't using a lot of sentences at this point so i just said do you want izzard on your tombstone and he was like yeah (laughs) and that was it we didn't talk that's all it's gonna say Mm. um well you know it's also a really funny to note is that he's buried next to my grandfather, but not his father, my stepmother's father. Mm-hmm. So he and Shirley, my stepmother, have been separated for 10 years. And for 10 years? For 10 oh years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when he got sick, she was like, mm, my parents bought us grave plots for Christmas one year. Um, do you, are you going to use yours? Do you want, want to use yours? That would be fine. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, that sounds good. So <laughs> my dad's out, you know, and they were together for 20 years, but mm-hmm. it's just like these women, these, these different maternal figures in a way for my dad. Mm. He told me once he was always looking for a mom. So, that's really funny. Yeah. And you know what else? This is the other really, um, this is the other sort of like, I don't know, connection I'm making with all of this. Something that I, I've been, I've been working on, you know, I've been trying to like work on myself over the last, well, hopefully my whole life, but definitely over the last few months trying to do some, some self work and, uh, focus it around my heart and, and, uh, 
I was like, okay, let's let me figure out how to be how to be more of a like a loving partner. Um, because I can get cold and I can isolate and I can do all these things. So how do I stop doing that? And not only you know over the past few months with my dad, am I seeing a lot of like why I might be like that or like where I might have learned mm. the, that kind of way of love. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, but also what's when I said like, okay, universe, let's, I want to learn about my heart. Um, I, I started noticing this like burning in my, uh, like in my, like where my solar plexus is. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, I finally had it named <coughs> in this book that I just started reading called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, it's like a, a, a book about, about essentially encouraging um, people to connect to the, the, like the wildness that they are mm-hmm. um, before all of like manners and society and like here's the, here's the blueprint for like what you should want and how you should be and how you should get what you want you know especially for women it's a she's a feminist writer um and and she talks about the knowing she talks about god but she she's a christian but sort of and um and when she talks about god she's she's talk she's talking about the god of of your understanding so mm-hmm. whatever yeah. whatever that is for you and but she talks about it being the knowing it's like, it's like it's in you or your intuition or that, 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 that voice essentially that, that inner voice that I've, I've always heard about him and like, what the fuck is that? Vo-? Like, what do you mean? Listen to your heart. What do you mean? Listen to yourself. Like, or listen to your gut or like, what's your gut tell you? Like, but the way that she's described it as this, this, this knowing, but it's also the same place for me as what she refers to as the ache. And it's mm. also the place where y- y- your nervous system communicates to your digestive system about whether it's safe to rest and digest or whether we're in fight or flight. So when that mm. um, switches on up, up, up closer to your head, you know, if you're perceiving danger, there's that bundle of nerves that's just like tells your, your guts what to do. And, um, and I carry all of my tension in my digestive system, like, or there, maybe it's there. I don't know. All of a sudden, now that I have a location for it and something to call it, I'm like, now it's the same. It's, it's grief. Like grief is there. Um, like it gets hot. It feels hot. And I realize, like, I need to relax my stomach. I need to relax my abdominal muscles. And all of a sudden I feel connected. It's so weird. Mm. It's, it's, just a practice that has been interwoven into this experience of like COVID-19 as well, but, and my dad and. And where, where did you, where is this? Is this a book? Yeah. The book called Untamed. Untamed. Mm -hmm. And what's her name? Glennon Doyle. And you're, aren't you, you're doing like a book club about this book, aren't you? Yeah. I I started one just like the weekend before. Yeah, so I started a, a little reading club with this book. I haven't updated it honestly since uh, my dad passed away, but I'm still loving reading it, and I'm I'm gonna um, hopefully dive into it a little more actively now that I have the time. Um, 
I think it's called, how do I switch? I have so many goddamn Instagram profiles. It's just untamed, untamed reading club. Um, all yeah. one word, no, uh, no. Okay, yeah. it has. I mean, it. If you put untamed reading club, it's untamed underscore reading underscore club. Um, mm. But yeah, those ninety nine followers right now. Hey, that's look pretty you. good. That? I got some messages, well, some comments to respond to. It's yeah, cool. Yeah. It's a cool place to have a conversation. I, I, I. Yeah. I I like it. I'm I'm learning a lot. That's all I'll say about that. I'm rambling. Um. I can I also say maybe one other we should thing? just leave. Yeah, what? what yeah, huh? Huh? What? Huh? 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 I have one other thing I'd like to say. Um, yeah, please do. Because I've been using this book and this experience as well in in the yoga classes that I've been teaching on on Sunday mornings, um, mm-hmm. and. And uh, why don't you just plug that? Where are you teaching oh, yeah. these classes? So I'm teaching online for Moto Yoga Halifax online. Um, they have online drop-in prices. I believe it's $10 a class. Um, or you can sign up for like a class pass or a mo- even a monthly membership. Um, that's been the case at least for the last month. We're going to have a... I feel, feel like we're going to have a game changer of a conversation on, on Friday when, we, when we have a, we're having a, a staff meeting. And, and I think we're going to keep on going with this online class thing. I, I think it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. yeah. So anyway, but I've been weaving a lot of, like I've been trying to process a lot of it through my yoga practice as well. And then also through teaching and, um, it's a 30 day challenge. So there's quotes that they give us every day to work with in the practice. And that's been lending itself really nicely to like the experience of, of all this, but, but yeah, this river basically, Glennon refers to love that open that feeling that I've been trying to feel which is like a flow of love that comes back and forth without obstacles without all these I've described them all my life as walls like I just have this wall and I can't get past it and I don't know what it is and I can see you on the other side I can see you in conflict like needing love from me and I can't fucking give it to you but as soon as I read her sort of metaphor on the thing of of it being a river um and that there's boulders in the river and sometimes you just need a boulder remover remover which I love because there's there is a flow there it's not the fullest expression of the flow but it's it's organic it's got boulders in it you know and so I, I I think I think through this whole process of, of losing my dad, I've been really struggling with the balance of like being a partner and being a caretaker, being this like maternal place, you know, in the days with my dad and then being in like a feminine, like lover place. Um, it's just like, you know, it, 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 it hasn't been working, but when my dad went into the hospital and I started shaking my body a lot more and like doing a lot of more somatic movement um, and like voice work and letting emotion come out on my voice, um, I think it's been a bit of a boulder removal. Like I think I feel Mm. all of a sudden like letting my heart, be open to feeling the depth 
of my feelings whenever they come about my dad, especially is like, it's made the other kind of love more easy and easeful to Mm. express. I don't know why I haven't put, I haven't quite made it all match up, but I know, I know it's connected. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's like when a lot of times when we start to like notice that our mental health is like slipping, you know, um, for I don't want to, I don't want to like put out a blanket statement here because, because that wouldn't be true. But for a lot of people, when they lose touch with their, their need and their desire to be physically, um, emotive and like, and physically active and, and, and reconnect with movement in some way in their life, it creates so much more space for, um, for mental clarity and, and for their mental health to like thrive, Mm. you know? Um, and so it makes total sense that, that this, this exploration that you've taken into physical movement and how that's like, again, offered you space, maybe not so much in the, in the realm of like mental health, but, more so in in just mental clarity in being able to tap into the different like emotional sides of yourself um i think giving them a physical expression or an external expression whether it's movement um or vocalizing is like mm. i felt so rel- light it's, it's such a release it's such a re- it's like i remember one time taking a class from ted um, our brother-in-law and, and, and teacher of ours, um, and him talking about how, you know, if you've ever seen a dog that's under stress and it, and it shakes its whole body and like it's, it's head, it's body, it does this whole like, uh, sort of barrel, like rotational shake back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And their ears are flapping. That's like, that's like a dog's version of a, a sigh. <sighs> you know, this like sigh of like <sighs> release, like letting go of like the, the built up tension or, 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 um, pressure of, of stress or, or whatever. And how we as humans that like our version of that is, <sighs> you know, like when we're angry, we sigh when we're, when we're really sad, we sigh when we're, um, when we're like overwhelmed with, with elation, we sigh it's it's a way for us to like to release to let go to kind of reset it's it's that reset button and so of you know that really resonates with me because i i get it i i get that sensation i know what when when ted says that i'm like fuck yeah dude like i get that i know what you're talking about mm-hmm. and so and so yeah of course like in these times of of great distress or, or, you know, like mental fog where we're inundated with fucking, 
you know, people dying in nursing homes and, and being stuck in our houses and, you know, our father who's, who's end stage cancer and dying and trying to figure out like how the fuck we're going to make ends meet. Like we're just in survival mode, you know, and, and how easy it is to like get caught up in all of that and not, find the way that we need to press that reset button, not find the way, because a simple size is not going to do it. You know, the, there, there needs to be some sort of like greater expression of, of release. Yeah. I, I think, think it, I think it totally makes sense. Yeah. It just, I'm listening to that and I'm just thinking of everybody, you know, who has never experienced that. Um, mm-hmm. Being a way to, you know, like we think about shouting or yelling or screaming as being sort of like maybe like, oh, I don't want to do that. That seems a bit much. Oh but God, actually, into a pillow, fuck. Yeah. Oh, but there's so good. There's like there's a great vulnerability and also just sighing and letting your voice shake as you know, or like humming and, and hearing the tremble in your own voice. If you are Mm -hmm. emotional, Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think that is a really nice gift. If you can appreciate it is, (laughs) is like, if you, if you start humming through discomfort and then you can almost, you can feel physically, you can hear it in the vibration and feel it in the vibration of your body eventually giving over to something that it has mm-hmm. been if fighting maybe or trying to contain or you know i think of it almost like yin yoga just like long slow patient hold and mm-hmm. then you go ugh, your whole body just sinks into it mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i'm really enchanted actually by the whole experience of having been here and and i I'm also aware that death doesn't always look like this and mm-hmm. it could be very, it would be a very different thing um, if any number of factors were, were different. But I'm, I'm so grateful to my dad for his spiritual existence. My mom says, you know, she, he's always been spiritual and mm-hmm. he, he really, he was really committed to it right through the end. And I don't mean like committed to the Bible or Jesus or Christianity or anything, but he was committed to, this is a, this is my, this is my transition. This is my metamorphosis. This is like, this is the next part of the journey. You know? mm. And, um, I want to do the work on myself to, feel t- to be able to walk into death with that. And I, and I, cause I tell myself, yeah, you know, I, I just saw all that and I was there and I, and I could stomach it. So I'm not scared of death, but I have had you know, over the past week since he's passed, I've had some deep moments of fear. Um, About your own death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, 
that's probably a gift too. So I'm going to spend some time with that. The next time it surfaces, I'm going to sit and process it with pen and paper, maybe some movement, maybe some sound, but you know, it's just such a life is such a wild roller coaster and Mm. you can't be like, yeah, I have processed and I've grieved and now moving on. It's like, you know, I'll probably, I've probably burst into tears spontaneously about this in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think it's also provided me the ability to experience a more joyful love as well for the people that I used to put walls up around uh, mm. myself around. Mm-hmm. The love monsters in my life that, like Tara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anywho. So we do. I'm a bit of a love monster sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Your hair looks great right now. Dude, I'm so, a huge, so huge it's, fan of shaggy so hair. Long. Yeah. Shaggy hair. Um, I love you. I love you too. Thanks for... Thanks for, I don't know if I said this, but when, when you hopped on, when you were on the Zoom call and I knew that things were about. The Zoom funeral? The Zoom funeral. And I knew things were about to get a little hairy for me in terms of like, I could, I wasn't going to be able to record it uh, like Mm -hmm. I promised I would and, and, or like narrate it and, and this such a small thing, but it meant so much that I was like. I just knew you would take care of it. And uh, I just, just same as the boys like jumping in and, and even Todd too. Like he showed, uh, he was like, does it matter? Should I get dressed up? I'm like, no, just wear your, wear your work pants with paint on them. Like I, I, I really was like (laughs) my dad, you know, he's just, I'm not dressing up either. But then, Mm. but then instead of me carrying the tray, all of a sudden I was hosting a zoom funeral. And, Mm -hmm. and so Todd just is like, Oh, oh! They were like you over here, and he was like, "Okay." And I was like, "This is so <laughs> fucking awesome for me to not be the decision." Like every, if Ooh. I can just go, "Hey guys, can you just take care of this. take care of it?" Yeah, and it happened, and I was so so grateful for you mm. that whole afternoon. I was thinking about wanting to tell you that. So, thanks, babe. Thank you. I'm glad I got to be a part of it in some way. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Shirley told me, my stepmother told me that uh, she thought I'm amazing. She thinks I turned out amazing. That's what she said. I think she's she's not wrong. You know, I'm just looking for validation also. Yeah, pretty great. (laughs) Um, We didn't talk about sex, really, and that's okay. And I think that this uh, this was one of my favorite conversations that we've ever had on this podcast. And I, uh, I'm, I can't wait to put it out there. And I Thanks, think that baby. people need to hear this, these, these types of conversations. Yeah. Let's, because they're important. Let's learn how to love more fully. Yeah. Even though yeah, it exactly. fucking hurts then. Man, even though it fucking hurts, you know, I, I was, I was, I wasn't going to say this. I, you know what? We, uh, we have a segment on the show called just the tips where we, where you share tips uh, things to, to, for people to check out. And I got to tell you, Bride, years ago, y- like fucking years ago, like seven years ago, maybe 
you were like, you should, you should, uh, you should check out Duncan Trussell's podcast. And I, I really like Duncan Trussell every time I hear him on other podcasts. And I kind of slept on it for a while. And then I started listening to it and I was like, this, yeah, this is pretty cool. And then he put out a show on Netflix. So this is my just the tips for this week. All right. Okay. He put out a show on Netflix called The Midnight Gospel. And it's the same, uh, it, co-created with the same guy who made Adventure Time. And I love cartoons. I love anime. Um, I, I really enjoy Adventure Time. So I was really excited to see the blend of Duncan Trussell and, and Pendleton, the guy, Pendleton Ward, who does um, Adventure Time. But the idea of the show is that they take conversations from um, Duncan Trussell Family Hour, the podcast, and they, they bring those conversations to life through animation. But they set these animations around this sort of like this, this made-up universe uh, uh, where, where Duncan Trussell's character, Clancy, is using this like machine to travel to different, uh, different through the multiverse to different universes and, and meet these people. And, and so, so they take the conversations that, that, that he's had on his podcast with guests and they, they sort of build this world around them. And so you're listening to mostly that conversation, but then they'll, they'll also like, you know, they'll veer off into conversations that their characters are having within that world that actually weren't recorded during the recording, if that makes any sense. Anyway, primarily it's a show of, of animated animations of the conversations that he's had on his podcast. And I blew through this thing. I had to limit myself to two episodes per day because I, I fell in love with it so immediately, so quickly, so intensely that I knew I was going to get like fucking really sad when it was over. And there was only nine episodes. And, um, and if you haven't taken the time to watch it, uh, I highly, highly suggest it. The first episode, you, you it, like, it might just, you might be like, this is fucking chaos. I don't know if I can handle it, but just get, just give it, give it a, give it a couple of episodes. Um, because I swear to fucking God, by the ninth episode, it's one of the most like special things I've ever watched. I don't want to give spoilers away. Ah, fuck it. Whatever. This is in line with what we were talking about here. Little spoiler alert. Um, it's a, it's a conversation that he has with his mother, Duncan's mother. So that's the, that's the conversation that they're, they're doing on this particular episode on episode nine. But the recording of the podcast when Duncan had this conversation with his mom, um, they recorded that while she was dying of cancer. And, and it, it was actually recorded like a few weeks before she passed away. And it's, it's such a beautiful conversation. And, you know, the conversation, the themes of the conversation are, you know, what, what it means to love and what it means to lose a loved one and the cost of grief and, and um, just the importance of like, of, of, of meditating on your own death, uh, which I think is like a lot of the themes within Duncan Trussell's show anyway. You know, it's like, it's a lot of, he taught, he's, he's very big on like meditation and, and, you know, existential thoughts on life and death and, Anyway, this fucking show is like the most 
it's just the most wonderful thing. And it's, it, I think it's honestly like come out at the most perfect time. You know, this time where we're like, we're stuck in our fucking homes and we're stuck with our fucking thoughts. And, you know, we're all, we're all experiencing shit on top of the shit that we're all currently experiencing together. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just like a great piece of art that, that, that truly, I think like, well, if you, if you, if you really sit with it, will like make you think and think about things that are really valuable. Anyway, now I'm on this fucking hardcore Duncan Trussell family hour kick. And I'm just like, what a guy, man. What a, what a show. I can't imagine what it's like inside his head. <laughs> Holy fuck. I know. Yeah. He's my favorite cool. right now. That's a good just so anyway, the tip. That's, that's my just the tip. Go that's check great. that out. And, uh, and mine will, will just say is uh, Untamed by Glennon yeah. Doyle. Um, <laughs> I think worth reading whether you're a person with a vagina or not. Um, I think there's some really interesting stuff in there that is worth worth reading just you know it's a nice it's a good easy read um digestible let's say Mm. and uh come join my book club and tell me your favorite moments um thank you all for taking the time to sit down and listen to us talk about death and grief um, and we love you and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll be back next week with a regular episode of Turn Me On Podcast where we just talk about just, you know, freaks and geeks. Uh, all, all y'all freaks out there. Actually, I think next week's episode we're literally talking to a guy who's like, whose life revolves around um, like very realistic life sex dolls. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you have that to look forward to uh, next week. But in the meantime, Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review, go to patreon.com slash turn me on and support the podcast, help keep this podcast alive. And uh, we we love all of our patrons. We thank all of our patrons. And if you want to reach out, um, you know, we usually do, we call them brain boners, where we answer questions or give... um, non-professional advice about your sex life or your relationships or whatever you can email us at turn me on podcast we know other things too if you have other questions we can yeah sure yeah. Uh, and and if you want to show the world your sweet sweet cheeks uh, Instagram at turn me on podcast you can send us a picture of your butt and we'll anonym- anonymously post it for you mm-hmm. with a some sort of quote <laughs> inspiring quote Mm-hmm. And uh, you can email us at termiopodcast at gmail.com or find us on our website. There's a couple of submission forms there. Again, for a brain boner, if you want to be a guest on the show, termiopodcast.com. Um, let's thank our musical folks on the episode, Emily Sori, and uh, with the opening track. And Rich O'Coin, is he still br- bringing us out? Yeah, well, no. He uh, Rich, we use Rich's music to... Uh, our- throw us into the into the guest recording so but rich will he won't be, be on here one? today but he's usually, huh. no but he's usually on here we love you rich yeah i hope you're doing and, well uh, in quarantine yeah you know he is we're i'm, I'm playing a call of duty with him every every couple of days oh, so. fantastic yeah emily sorry i heard you on the radio the other day. you sound great 
Uh, that, <laughs> oh, that also, transcripts oh. of our episodes can be found on mm. Thyssen. Mm-hmm. Um, the link is in the show notes. If uh, you uh, know someone who would like rather not listen to the sounds of our voice, but still think we have interesting things to say. That is it for this week. <laughs> Until next week. Go fuck yourself. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.